creative, resilient, mindful, courageous, joyful, innovative, grateful, independent, confident, inspired, empowering our children with the tools they'll need to create an extraordinary future because it will be built by kids. Hey, Timothy and Laura Dahl here from Built by Kids. Hello. Welcome back. Happy to have you here. Today, we are diving deep into the idea and the concept of baby-led weaning. Yeah, this is probably a uh, maybe the first time you've heard this term used, but it's essentially allowing a baby toddler child to feed himself and not going the traditional route of spoon feeding for many different reasons, which we'll go over here. That's right. It's it's the technique that we've used with both of our boys, and it has been a great success for us. And to me, to just start it off, the, the point behind it as a mother, it just feels like the right thing to do. You know, it feels like if you're spoon feeding someone, it's because they're not capable of doing it themselves. It's because maybe they're a patient in a hospital um, or they're paralyzed or for whatever reason, they need extra help getting that food into their mouth and or they need help being told what they need to have in their mouth. And baby led weaning says children are capable. <laughs> children are strong. Children can absolutely get the nutrition they need into their mouth when they need it. And even further, they, when given great options, great nutritious options on their plate, can listen intuitively to their bodies and choose the exact right food that their body needs at that time. What a freedom, what a power to have rather than the mother or father scooping something that they chose for their child out of a puree can and putting it into their mouth. Right, with a, a child kind of sitting there passively opening their mouth or playing Hopefully games. Hopefully opening yeah. their mouth. I right. feel like the images that we see most often is the kid really putting up a fight and trying to get... Opening their mouth and playing an airplane game to get them to... To eat their food, which, um, you know, the, the struggle of I can't get my kid to eat stuff. And maybe we look at it the different way of, well, why don't you allow your child to eat what they want? And as long as you're providing nutritious <clears throat> options. Yes. Right. And so you place these options in front of them. And there are so many, obviously, you know, tasty meals that are healthful and great for them. And, you know, as soon as they can start eating solid foods, they have you know, the dexterity and the full use of their hands and fingers, and they want to have that tactile you know, feel of the different foods and the smells, and they can you know, uh, scoop it from the plate. And it, the one drawback, again, it could be a little bit messy because their hand's going to be in it, but you know, it doesn't Only always have to be. for a short period, too. As soon as they learn how, you know, how to do this and how to get the food from the plate to their mouth. It's they want that food in their mouth. They're not trying to turn it into a game. But I think we'll get into some more details on how actually to begin this process and how to prepare the food. But, you know, again, from a socially pers a social perspective um, and 
maybe a selfish perspective even. We are a family who that likes to go out to nice meals. We like to travel the world and be able to sit down in Paris for a three-hour meal. And we appreciate and value our food, the food and are grateful for the food that we're presented. So we want to raise children who feel the same way, who can sit down and have a conversation with their family while enjoying the smells, the fragrances, the textures of real food. And I think that was a big impetus for us that this, um, the amazing book, Bringing Up Bebe, um, explains uh, in so many more details that concept and why French kids can go to a restaurant and eat fancy quote unquote food from an American's perspective and be happy with it. So that's where we wanted to go with it. They really, I mean, we can go through the benefits here, but one of the big ones is they, they eat what you eat. So right. as you're cooking your meals, you know, you're, you're setting aside maybe something that's maybe not as, as spicy, but otherwise they're eating what you eat. We're all sitting around the table eating at the same time and you're not, you know, putting together a separate meal that, that, that they have, that they see you eating something else and they want that. So everybody's all in it, all, all in together. We're sharing right. and they're just immediately, you know, part of the family. And, and so when you, when you take this from the home, when you take this to a restaurant, it's this, it's the, you know, the same concept. It's not like you have to break out always something new and different for them. So, so eating together is a big thing and it also frees up, you know, the parents to, to be eating with their child, not just feeding and then you eat, feed yourself. So, um, when you said maybe I say selfishly, but it's, it's something that, you know, balances out, you know, for the whole family to be enjoying mealtimes together. Absolutely. Right. I, I consider selfish a, a positive thing in that, in that regard, because, we don't want to be making an extra meal. We don't want to be battling our child at a restaurant. And so selfishly, we want them to be able to eat their own foods. And that's how we do how we make a lot of choices in our lives and in our parenting. So tell me, how would how did we and would you recommend people introducing this to their baby or toddler who is soon to be eating solid food? Right. We started both our boys off with avocado as the first food, and that's such an easy one. You know, you can, you just slice it right up. You can keep the skin on it, in fact, because this is not likely that any human is going to want to actually macerate a skin of an avocado, and it's, so they won't in, in digest that and ingest that, but it does give them something to hold on to. It's not too slippery, and they can just kind of gnaw right on right off of it. Um, avocado is a gr has so many nutritious benefits that is for another podcast, but that's, that's one of our very first ones. We also love sweet potatoes and cutting them up in, you know, large, I mean, what do you want to say? Maybe an inch by four inch kind of slices. Um, we found our boys could easily pick up from their tray and go to town on. Cucumbers are another great option. Melons. I mean, truly, if you can think of any whole food that is coming as directly from the earth as possible, you can turn it into an amazing baby-led weaning food. Yeah, right. Fruits and vegetables all pretty much follow fall right into that. And if this is their first food and all the tastes and the textures that they're mm. getting, it's the best way to get started and they'll they'll pretty much 
always you know consistently you know enjoy eating those types of foods so you're not struggling with something that introducing something that was really un- unnaturally sweet in the beginning and kind of you know uh, kind of changing their palate that is such a good point, Timothy. Right. I mean, this is the great opportunity to introduce those foods that you might even think are a little funky or not your favorites. Give it to them as a child, as a baby. Allow them to enjoy that experience and become used to that nutritious food so that when they're adults, they do love it. And, you know, bananas, apples, berries, those are so naturally sweet. Right. And we as adults might be stunted to how sweet they are because we eat candy and other sorts of things. But for a baby, that's just like candy for them. So if you think of it that way, it's, uh, there's plenty of, of delicious sweetness for them. Yeah. Being mindful of, you know, not to create an overly sweet palate for any of our children. So they're not craving, you know, white processed sugars as they grow older. And, you know, going, going back to, the main point here with the child feeding themselves, they will, f- you, you put this out in front of them and when they're done, they're done. They let you know. We're not having to set a, a set amount of how many ounces they need to get what, you know, that you feel like they need to, to be healthy, to to be growing at a certain rate and all of those sorts of things. No, they'll eat, you know, as long as everything's, you know, healthful out there, they'll, they'll keep eating until they're done. And when they're done, they'll let you know. And, and that might be one of the most challenging parts of this for so many parents, because it requires faith in instincts. <laughs> it requires faith in knowing the way our bodies work. And again, knowing that our child will eat those foods that have the minerals and vitamins that they need at that time, and they'll eat just the right amount of it. We don't need to be looking at charts and growth charts and, as Timothy says, measuring every ounce of everything because you ha- you allow yourself to have faith in your in your baby's knowledge. Right. They they know so much more, obviously, we, as we all know, than, than, than we realize. And then, you know, again, allowing them to, to make these choices just provides them, I got to believe, a sense of confidence. Mm. And it's just the incremental, you know, these incremental choices and these incremental uh, choices they're making through eating to to whatever is just got to to build up in them throughout their lives. Absolutely. The confidence and independence from the get go with something as wonderful and necessary as food. What a power. Right. Um, Don't want to gloss over, though, some of the maybe challenges. Okay, go for it. Uh Uh-huh. It's different because, well, for one thing, our kids started out from the beginning. I think we go back to a story where with Hunter, our first child, we thought, hey, this is what you do. You, you get a little spoon out and you feed them. And I think, Laura, you can, you can kind of state how this felt. And when we first tried this, what happened? Right. I, I did kind of mention it at the beginning, but it did. It just felt like I was feeding someone who wasn't capable, someone who wasn't in control of their own body, someone who needed me to do this for him. And every instinct in my body said, no, he's he's a human. He's a fully functioning human. He just has a lot to learn. And I didn't want to be I didn't want to be treating my son as though he were an invalid in a hospital. I wanted to treat him as 
a fully functioning, confident, independent human. Right. And because we look at that approach with everything that he does and allowing him to take, I say, take control in a sense of, of these within the kind of parameters we sweat set, but eating and, and feeding himself was a big part of that. So I think for both of us, once we released the thoughts of the traditional way of how we do things, then it all just made sense. And from that day forward, we just placed the plate of food in front of him and he just went to town on it. And that's just the way it was. And so it was a natural way to do that with our second child. And uh, I can see, so going into some maybe a challenge, if you had already done it one way, mm. then how do you go back? How, how do you kind of introduce this? How do you shift and your perspective, right? Because I don't have experience with that, but I can see recently we were with with a, a, a child who, or kind of baby who was eating solid foods. And, um, you know, you put, I, we, I think we both felt that as food was being delivered into his mouth by a spoon, being spoon fed, um, you know, she had her hands out and she was looking to kind of maybe get more involved herself. The, the child, right. Well, and it, it was a great opportunity because the mother needed to leave the room and left the child with us. And I just put a clementine in front of the baby and she picked it up and devoured it. And yes, her hands got a little sticky. And yes, the juices were drizzling down her neck and shirt. But guess what? She was loving that clementine that she had rejected moments before when it was being placed into her mouth. So, I mean, what a what an incredible experiment that is. Yeah, so I could say, if there's something you're even thinking about, just go for it. Right. And there are resources that are online and that we you can find on our site as well that you know get, go you know deeper into some of these different uh, baby led weaning foods such as avocados and things of right. that nature. Well, so. and we're, we'll put out our own you know, recipe book, which is very simple, as you can imagine, hearing what we just said all about it. But um, just to give you some ideas and a good, you know, jumping off start point. Yeah. Another another challenge that or fear that, uh, you know, I definitely initially had was the thought of a child choking. I'm so, I was just going to say it. Right. And, you know, and we're not doctors and or experts in, in how that works out. And I think, again, that's our biggest fear of seeing a child's, like, you know, stuffing something in their mouth, food or whatever it is, and them not breathing. So, And interestingly, our first son never once had an issue with choking. Our second son, there were at least three or four times I can remember us sitting at the table and Timothy and I both losing our breath, and Hunter included, as we're watching him, you know, work this out. And I think that... He survived, I, though. Right. Again, uh, we did quite a bit of research before we even kind of went down this path. And from what I recall and what's kind of played out here is that a child's, say, gag reflex yep, is yep. kind of a normal reflex that we all have that just kind of engages. and It's stronger for babies, in fact. So where it might take food to go all the way back into our throat to gag, where it could actually get lodged in our throat, a baby's gag reflex will come up much, much closer to uh, this, the bit, what, the, the front of his mouth. 
Right. And so again, we're not, uh, you know, no experts here, but from our observation and what's worked for us, we really don't see, you know, our, our second son actually, you know, he eats a lot more and he stuffs his right. face a right. lot more. Right. So he might be putting a lot more avocado in his mouth right. before he can, before he can swallow it. But, you know, I, I, we do, you know, recognize that's a, that's a concern, but, you know, with the right, you know, amounts and, you know, obviously cutting things in, in the right That's a great point. And actually, let me step in there because most parents, you'd think maybe instinctively that you should be cutting this very small so that they can easily macerate it and swallow it. But in fact, the opposite is true. The bigger the piece, uh, you know, within reason for their little hands, but the bigger the piece of that meat, they can just gnaw on it, for instance. If it's a, you know, a big carrot that, of course, is steamed, they can just gnaw on it. Whereas if it were smaller, much easier for that to get lodged in the back of their throat, right? So larger is better, in fact, with baby led weaning. Right. I think, yeah, it's all, um, again, going by instinct and seeing how you feel and how comfortable you are with with all of it. So if it's, again, if you want to introduce it more slowly and and see, but... Again, I think once we, once you see a child kind of take to it, they just want to go. It's liberating. It. It's so exciting, and it. Timothy mentioned the mess. It it can be a mess at the beginning, but just like potty training, potty learning, that's also a mess at the beginning. But guess what? You get through that little phase, and you are golden <laughs> the rest of your life. And you know, our son, he's he's been using utensils right now at an early age and he's i mean he's been using utensils probably for the last year almost yes and he's almost he's two years he's old. almost two and so that part of it using the tools and you know if, even you know i sometimes i'm amazed that he's you know how he's able to articulate this these spoons and forks and how he wants to because he wants to emulate what we're right, doing right and that itself is also you know leads to being cleaner and you know him just again I, I think obviously tools are a big part of of uh, different things we talk about here. But using tools such as utensils at one years old is is, is a, fun it's for ex- everybody. It's very fun, and just talking about different ways that c- that baby led weaning can just help enhance the entire brain, the entire um, Im- the entire growth of the brain. You know, he's looking at different shapes of food and different colors of food. He's feeling different textures of food. I mean, what better thing? People go out and spend a bunch of money on different blocks <laughs> that can provide the same experience that you can provide on your table at dinner time. Any other follow-ups with with this? I think we could, you know, we can talk about this a lot. I think, no, you know, that's... if people have questions. It... Yep. You know, to us, um, again, you know, just doing there it. There are a lot of resources children. out there. Yes, there are. And I feel like a lot of them come from Europe. Is that where they, I mean, this is more more common? I brought up, yeah, I brought up that book, Bringing a Baby, which was one that really kind of opened my eyes to it. But we will, you know, provide a lot of resources here in the, in the show notes for all of that. Because as you can tell, we are proponents of this. It's worked so well for us. It's helped us raise some incredible, independent, healthy boys. And we want the same for you. All right. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. Bon appetit.